0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Single-Minded Conversations. I'm your host, Jesse Single. Uh, I've had some issues lately. Someone said that they've um, not been getting notifications about this, uh, and they were wondering if that had led to like lower numbers in the room lately. Um, I'm not sure what's going on. It, it could be that I'm doing it at a bad time today, but this is uh, unusual. Um I might I might just delay it. I don't really know what's going on. It's sort of tough to do this without like at least a few callers. So yeah, I think I'm gonna uh well let's see what Neil has to say about it. What's up Neil? Did you get notified about this? Um I, I
1: notifications hadn't been working for a while, so I just stay and refresh the room and then but I don't
0: know. So you used to get a notification that this room was going live?
1: Yeah, but I also have like other notification issues on my phone, so I don't know if like I, I would I don't know if that's Colin's fault. So I'm a bad uh, person to ask.
0: Yeah, I got a um I did get a note from someone else saying they were no longer getting notified, so I'm curious if that um I mean it's not beyond the realm of possibility. I just have four people in here but that hasn't been the norm. Strange. Confused by the time. I don't know. Mm, it is noon Eastern, right? Uh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, maybe I'll just uh, delay this. I I might give it a shot later. I've got. To... I have questions. If you know. If you want. Yeah. Just give, ask me one question and then I'll answer it. Just because you're here, and then I'm gonna delay the rest. Um. Of this.
1: So there was this big thread on Twitter about the Dutch protocol being like overhyped and it's not being gold standard at all. And it was like I I, I can't just read it all because it's pretty long. But then I don't know if you saw it. People were tagging you. But basically, I was wondering what your thoughts were on the idea that the Dutch protocol is actually like. Is also bad, and like we shouldn't use it as
0: like a. People were attacking me for being too credulous toward the Dutch protocol. No,
1: they were just saying, like, I wonder, um, what Jesse's response to this thread would be, and stuff like that.
0: I haven't read it yet, so because I've been traveling, someone sent it to me. Um, oh, okay. basically, I I think the way I presented it in my like Atlantic article in twenty eighteen, I was not skeptical enough. I've since read some like critiques of basically like their data, um. Julia Mason, and I think a guy named Stephen Levine wrote a response to it. Uh, What they basically found out was that before these kids went on treatment, they um, asked them a gender dysphoria uh, questionnaire that had questions like, you know, does it make you feel bad to have female body parts? I'm I'm making that up, but something like that. Then after they transitioned, they asked them a version that was like, does it make you feel bad to have male body parts? So. if you never had male body parts and you transition to male, it would of course it wouldn't make you feel bad to have male body parts. So the argument is that huge reduction in gender dysphoria um, was sort of a statistical artifact. Uh, so I found that compelling because I think they're just – their measures don't really allow for before-after comparisons. And then they just like – they didn't get amazing results for like anxiety or depression or anything else because they screened the kids so closely in this protocol. Like they made sure their mental health was already um, stable before putting them on the protocol. So I think there's fair critiques of it. I don't think it's amazing. I think it's much better than – it's basically the best research we have because it actually followed kids in a clinical setting like into young adulthood. And I think some of them are in their like 30s now. Um, so – yeah, I don't I. I. I don't think it's – no one's done, like, actual careful medical data on any of this. It was sort of, for various reasons, determined that, like, a randomized control trial or something like that was impossible, partly because it's like, obviously, if, if someone gives you a placebo, when you're supposed to be on hormones, that's not going to work. You can't, like – it's just mm-hmm. – it was an RCT situation, but basically no one's bothered to do good data. So we're stuck with the Dutch data, which is the best we have. Yeah,
1: it wouldn't rct actually be like immoral like i feel like in certain states you could run it right like that that are like so against it that i feel i don't know like
0: um i mean it's not uh, you would need irb i don't know that much about the side of it you would need like an actual institutional review board to approve it which i don't think they would um i think the actual mm-hmm. argument that we can't do an rct because we know these treatments work is is circular and ridiculous we don't know they'd work uh on average at least with like I mean, we just, we don't really know much about them. Um, But, but it's more that you can't do an RCT because you can't like blind people to whether or not they're on puberty blockers or hormones, even if there weren't moral issues. If I give you a hormone versus, if I give you a a placebo when I'm supposed to give you masculinizing hormones, you'll, you'll recognize you don't have it.
1: It wouldn't be placebo, right? I guess it would be between like no, no, nothing and like, and treatment, right? It wouldn't.
0: Right. But that I'm just saying it, it's not a traditional RCT cause like, yeah, yeah. Or it's not a blinded RCT, which is the best kind. Cause like that, yeah. you know, it's just not that gonna... wouldn't
1: control for like placebo effects. That's true. That is.
0: Crazy. Yeah. If someone realize if someone knows they're not going to get treatment, I, I mean, one other possibility is like you can use at a lot of gender clinics, there's really bad wait lists. You can use that to your advantage. Um, you can basically randomly assign similar people to the wait list or to get treatment, which is what there's at least a couple studies that did that. They. Um, is it a couple or is it, I'm thinking of one out of the British, out of JIDS, kids, that actually showed that waiting didn't really seem to do any harm. Um, there's other kinds of studies you could run, but I, I guess my argument throughout, or recently has been that like, it's just crazy how little data we have on what, this treatment's a pretty big deal, especially if you're talking about 13 and 14 year olds, so
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have other questions if you want to, you know, just keep going. <laughs>
0: Um, give me one more, and then I'll make a call. If other folks have specific questions, get in the queue. For folks who are new, I, I said I, I um the low turnout might make this tough to do a full episode. I, I And I, someone had told me they're no longer getting notifications. It would also be useful for folks to just say in the chat if you've been getting notifications for this, because like lately, I don't know, it's just been noticeably lower. Um Anyway, if other folks have specific questions, get in the queue now. If not, I might wrap it up after Neil's next question. But go ahead, Neil.
1: Okay, so I'm pretty compelled by the, like, school choice argument, but, like, what is, what's, like, the, like, steel man for, for not having school choice? Because I feel like I haven't heard it. I feel like everyone just goes, everyone on the right and, like, even, on, like, on the center is like, no, actually, public schools suck. We should do school choice. And in principle, I feel like I agree, but, like, do you support school choice? Like, what, what's the argument against it?
0: I mean, the argument against it is like there's been a, an attempt to disinvest from public schools and, and turn it into more of a market and that markets can't really deliver goods like education fairly. Um So the fact of the matter is like when it comes to things like charter schools, I, I think they're like more popular among black and Latino Democrats than they are among white ones. Like among some white lefties, charter schools are a very bad word. I... I'll just retreat to my trademark of it. It seems more complicated than that to me. Um, <laughs> the argument, yeah, the argument against it is like schools, this is not something that should be a free market. I guess my argument against that would just be like, pragmatically speaking, there are people who have horrible public schools. And it's, it's, I find it difficult to argue that someone who has to deal with a worse school system than I ever will shouldn't be able to seek out other options. But I can also understand the broader point that like, this this shouldn't be like a market of schools like competing for students we should have just basic functional schooling like they have in much of the world
1: but wouldn't it turning into a market like make like make pressure on the schools to like do better like what what's like in principle, doesn't that make sense? Or like, does it like, doesn't? No,
0: because right? because like a public school, first of all, a public school has to educate all kids legally, so that they have they're under certain constraints. They have to spend money on things like special ed or kids with learning disabilities. They can't just like totally jack up teacher salaries to compete with like a charter school across the street. There's all sorts of I, they just. They're more constrained, I would imagine, than charters in a lot of ways. So I, I think sometimes people make the mistake of thinking like market forces can solve problems in situations that aren't really free markets or anything close to it, if that makes sense. Yeah,
1: that's a good point. Like like uh, restrictions on kids, like special ed kids or like in healthcare, it's like like people who have like really high like costs, then they're like screwed in a lot of cases. That's a good
0: point. Yeah. I mean, that's another – health insurance is another example of like it's not really a yeah. – market because like legally, I mean, it's preconditions, all that whole other issue, but yeah, it's complicated. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I've expanded my perspective a bit. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, All right guys. I might wrap it up there. I, um, but folks do me a favor, just drop in the chat whether or not you there's been a change to the notification system lately. I got an email from someone basically saying that he had stopped getting, hold on. Let me uh, get, you out of there? Um, I got an email from someone saying that you didn't get a notification. Okay, and that changed for you, a. a. Peterson. You had you had gotten them in the past. Other folks chime in, too, please. Yeah, that's not good. I'll um I'll nudge my guy at uh, Colin, but that obviously makes it harder if folks aren't getting notifications. Um, I'll just take Eli's call if he's in the queue. Maybe we'll get an episode out of this afro. Can you see.
2: hear me? Eli, Hi, on? can you hear me? I'm sorry, I'll with us. I can, me. yes. Yeah, so you're in Israel slash Palestine.
0: I am, I'm on, li- I'm on what?
2: Israel slash Palestine, I guess.
0: Exactly, I'm in uh, I'm in Palestine. I think the whole thing is just Palestine. <laughs> okay. <joking. laughs> no, no,
2: that is that is a valid opinion. Um So I just want to, I don't have a, I mean, I, do, I don't have anything to say just to ask, like, how is it? What's up?
0: Yeah, yeah um, I was going to talk about this a little. I uh, ended up – I was invited by the consul um, with some other journalists to come here sort of on a trip to take us around. And basically what I said is that um, I would do it on the condition I could come early or stay late to do some you know programming with groups that are pro-Palestinian or critical of Israel. So mm-hmm. three yeah. out of the ten or so of us on this trip got here two and a half days ago. And, uh, I'm just muting you until I'm done talking, dude, because there's noise. Um, we, we got here, uh, a few days ago and we've been, uh, this group, Bet Salem, which is a lefty group that, you know, some Israelis hate, some Zionists hate, but they basically just document what they see as, um, Israel's human rights abuses. And we had a, a fairly rough couple days, uh, two and a half, um, a fair amount of time in the West Bank. Uh, we basically visited, These villages where Palestinians are cut off often from just, like, olive groves, they tend as, like, their only real form of agriculture. It's this thing where they – so we were driving on roads that Palestinians are not allowed to drive on. Um, Palestinians often cannot cross a road from their village to the olives. Uh, It's, like, it's just pretty upsetting. It's it's pretty – Pretty apartheid-ish to me. I'll, I'll obviously let respond to this, Eli, when I'm done talking. Um, it's incredibly upsetting. There just seems to be like – and you know we're about to get six days of the Israelis taking us around the government and, and showing us the other side of things. But it just seems to be this regime of like humiliation and making life difficult for no reasons. There's all these villages that have gates in front of them that um, – the military, the Israeli military, will just like shut down access to a village. They don't really explain why. Of course, you know security is is the watchword. Um, so yeah, there was the olive stuff. Uh, they, oh, also, they they have to get a permit to access their own olive groves, orchards, and often they'll get can only get a permit for two or three days a year, which is not nearly enough to actually harvest the olives. So, there's movement restrictions. Um, They clash with nearby settlements. The settlements have private security, but they're also guarded by the IDF. Sometimes the private security gives orders to the IDF, which seems backwards. Um, Then we went to Hebron, which is like all that, just a million times worse. Hebron was basically a chunk of the city, is now a ghost town because 800 Israeli settlers or Jewish settlers live there, uh, sort of. So this inc- after Baruch Goldstein, a terrorist killed 29 Palestinians and wounded 100 others in '94. The eventual response, after some rioting by Palestinians, the response was to just clamp down entirely in this one sector of Hebron. Um, they they can't they have to go through checkpoints to get anywhere. Some of them can't use their own front doors. So you walk around this town that used to be like a thriving Arab market, and it's just a ghost town. And settlers move in uh, and take. Palestinian homes, often with the help of American donors via 501c3, so it's tax deductible. Hebron is a horrible place. Uh, I had heard it was a horrible place. Um, I found this all very upsetting. I I was raised a liberal Jew with a certain view of Israel. I've been here before. I've been to the West Bank before briefly. I don't believe Israel should be wiped off the map. I think it should exist. I obviously think that uh, criticizing Israel, anti-Semites sometimes do that. Like It's a licensed form of... But I also think there's like really fucked up shit here that I, I find very distressing and I wish more uh, American Jews would would go there and just see it for themselves because it's not hard to get to the West Bank. All right, Eli, your response. Oh, wait, I muted you. I was literally silencing you. Wait, did I mute you? I'm trying to unmute you, Eli. Oh, wait. Take next caller. No, not Neil. I want – wait, let's get Neil after. Eli, I'm bringing you back up. Invite to speak. Oh, man, this is going off. Awful. Eli, get back in the queue if you can. I didn't mean to boot you up. Uh, My experience has been if you – this is, like, obviously a contentious subject. My relatives get very mad at me about this. Eli, are you able to unmute yourself, or did I screw something up, as I always do? (laughs) Sorry, guys. Oh, this has been a uh... Eli. Try one more time. I I talked all that. Okay, make next caller. Jesse? All right, there we go. Jesse, you're back.
2: Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. In the time I have left to leave the hotel room, no, that's perfectly valid. Um. Uh. So yes, it is pretty apartheid and colonialist and all the other horrible things. And uh, I don't have enough expertise to address specific things, only that uh, it's not Betzelem, it's Betzelem.
0: Betzelem, yeah, I've had trouble pronouncing them. Wait, you? sorry, I, I'm trying to, you were born here, right? or Where, where, where do you live?
2: Yeah, I, I'm from Tel Aviv. I, uh, oh, I you're from Tel Aviv? Yeah, yeah, I currently live in the States, but I grew up in a pretty left-wing family, and uh, I would be very happy if we weren't in the West Bank. I think it's a terrible thing, and we shouldn't be
0: Yeah, and a lot of Israelis feel that way, even if, like, the recent elections did not really – my sense is the left is in in tatters in Israel right now, right?
2: Uh, Worse than that. But uh,
0: uh, I think
2: the problem is leaving – I think the biggest anxiety Israelis have is what happens if we leave the West Bank because we had a pretty bad experience with Gaza, and that's kind of the point they always bring up, is that uh, it will not be – Good and peaceful and nice. And, no, which is um, which is which is reasonable. Yeah, but as for the occupation itself, yeah, it's you know I, the, the the settlements they make life difficult for the Palestinians and they, as you say, um, movement restrictions, attacks on settlers attack Palestinians. They can't access their own land, their homes. Are taken from them or demolished the land is taken from them. Uh, it's all quite disgusting,
0: actually. Yeah. And anyway. again, they're... Yeah. No, um, no, I just... It's,
2: it's just all... Uh, I just... I myself don't know because there are like 300,000 settlers. They can't really be moved. And they were well that's whats such... so
0: that's what's so galling about it is it's just like th- there's this term I mean you're familiar with this but the facts on the ground like the <laughs> yes. the Israelis who envision this eventually being Jews from the river to the sea and no one else understand that like once you build a settlement and real families live there it's very it doesn't matter how illegal it is like what what are you gonna do you're just gonna remove a family and like legally the answer is yes they should be removed but like politically you know that would generate images of and there were images like that when we they were through settlers from Gaza, right? Yes, yes. So that's the that's the thing. Uh,
2: the right wing has basically said, "Oh, we tried this. We removed them, and uh, we got it. It we got hell for everyone." And yeah. the problem is that the Palestinian Authority is very weak, and uh, yeah, there's sort Abbas, of a joke. Yeah. Yes, and Abbas is practically a dictator because he hasn't had election. I mean, he didn't. He, he's been in power for this is the 16th year of his four year term,
0: right? And that's Fatah, which is supposed to be the moder- the moderate one, yes. And uh,
2: he's um, uh, well, uh, he um, he and they're very corrupt as well. And um, as the Palestinians themselves uh say, I myself couldn't care less if we're in Hebron, I have no attachment to Hebron. Uh, you know the, and this crazy messianic uh, desire for land and
0: uh, well and right the and there's it. an important holy site there if you're like a super religious Jew correct
2: uh, not only if you're super religious it's a very important site but I just don't care about it <laughs> to be honest yeah but uh, um exactly myself no there is there is no good solution um and the settlement split the west Bank into these separate, uh, disparate kind of uh, disconnected areas that make it very difficult to uh, create a state. But uh, I, have no, I have no solution. It's all incredibly depressing. I can only yeah. say um, uh, the part, the, the reason the Palestinians aren't allowed to go on the same roads uh, sometimes is that there were a lot of shootings. On, on the roads and stuff, yeah. Um, but uh, no, it's terrible. And but it's good that you're confronting it head on, and that's very that's very honorable and uh,
0: commendable. Thank you. Yeah. No. I mean, I just I think I might write about this, but I think if you're um, an American Zionist, I think you should just go there because you know if you feel strongly about it, your belief should survive your encounter with like a, a side of it. The stat we were given is that sixty-six uh, percent of Israelis. So they hadn't been to the West Bank in the last year, so mm-hmm. you can wake up in Jerusalem or Tel Aviv, which are these like cosmopolitan cities with like I mean Jerusalem's fucked up in its own way, but Tel Aviv especially just like an amazing city, just great food, great nightlife, and you can drive forty minutes and sort of be in a pretty hellish place. So it's it's bizarre. And I, I you know if I was in Israeli, I think I would stay away from why would you go there? It's horrible. I totally agree. Uh, yeah. Jesse,
2: I have to go. I have to leave it. Okay. In hotel <laughs> Thank room. you, Eli. But right. so, no, it's great that you're going. And uh, if you'd write about it, I'll be happy to read what you have to write. Thank you, Eli.
0: I appreciate that. Okay. Okay. All right. Um. All right. Let's take Neil again. I've actually backed it. Hold on. I This has been much like the Middle East, a very haphazard episode. I got on. There's no one here. I was like, I guess I'll not do an episode. Neil bailed me out. Eli had some thoughts. So now we're uh, on our way to having an episode. Why not? What's up, Neil?
1: Um, okay. So this is like a hypothetical. I don't know your thoughts. So someone is yes. completely unprovoked, attempting to kill you. You're able to get yeah. safety and are no longer in a self-defense scenario. You obtain a weapon and go back and kill the person. In your opinion, is that morally justified?
0: Uh, They try to kill you, Uh, you go back and kill them. I mean, it would really depend if it's like a a world where you're the only two people who exist and there's no external authority, maybe. I think if there's like external authority and you can do it through legal means, then no.
1: But legal means isn't going to like give them the death penalty, right?
0: (laughs) No, if if you think the legal system would protect you, though, I think that that's the sort of tipping point where you have a better option than killing them.
1: So why, wait, so why does the existence of a legal body matter? That's interesting.
0: In this scenario?
1: Yeah. Oh, because,
0: because if, if there's a, if you can call the police and the police will arrest them and they can be put on trial for trying to kill you, you have a much better moral option than killing them.
1: Wait, why is Is, it more moral though?
0: Why is it more moral? Um, Yeah. I don't know. I think vigilante justice is, is immoral. I think if someone tries to kill you and then fails, I don't, you know, you don't then have a right to kill them. I don't, I don't think, I, I think if it's self-defense in the moment. Yeah. I don't think after the yeah, initial, this, this specifically
1: not self-defense. Interesting. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, cause I don't know. I guess to me, it's like the, when the person attacked you, cause it, it is unprovoked, like that's like a qualifier, but like they've, they've sacrificed or they've like relinquished their like right to life. And therefore you can do whatever. Like, I don't know. Like, I guess maybe that's a simplistic uh, worldview, but that is how I see it. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. Yep. you can go um,
0: on to Andrew now. You know, all right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Neil was trying to apply that to the Israel-Palestine thing, but I, I just think it's too rough an analogy. There, there are always unprovoked attacks, but the history here is it's of two different people wanting the same land. And anyway, and and more of them were here first than the other group. So Andrew, what's yeah. Up?
3: Uh, I think the answer to Neil's question, by the way, is that it's more moral to call the police because then that can save you from becoming a murderer. Just because somebody tried to do it to you um, doesn't mean that you have to sink to that level if yeah. there's an external body. Okay,
0: Sorry, Neil Neil. Uh, Neil just wants to be clear. He was not talking about Israel-Palestine. So okay. I don't want to put right. that in his mouth. But anyway, yes, it is a, it's so an, have, an interesting thought experiment either way.
3: Uh, so, so have you uh, actually been able to speak to Palestinians directly? I was unclear on that part.
0: Yeah, we talked to... Um, a couple activists. We were also on this rooftop, like look at this village and the nearby groves, mm-hmm. and we talk to a few kids from the village who, you know, told us about some of the stuff the settlers had done. Uh, at one point, we're talking to this local municipal leader. He he. We go down to the spring that his village has mm-hmm. used forever. He's telling us how the settlers have begun messing with the spring, swimming in it, throwing stuff in it, and it's like a little underground spring that you you walk down these stairs to go to. Maybe yeah. well is a better word. As we're down there a settler comes down on his motorcycle all decked out with like a big helmet on. I have photos of this and just sort of sits there trying to like intimidate us and the the, the Palestinian said that in the past sometimes he'll just take out a gun and fire shots in the air like warning shots. Ugh. So the level of um just at, at another another village we were at we didn't even get to the barbed wire fence that, like, marked the end of their territory. Mm-hmm. A white security truck from the settler settlement you can see from where we were mm-hmm. drives up just to sort of scope us out. So they're just um, – and again, we're only getting one side of this. So I'm sure some of the stories are exaggerated because humans yeah. are humans. But right. there seems to be a pretty – and and sellem, Bitz, I can't pronounce it right, obviously is taking us to these places for a reason. Mm-hmm. And from this activist group's perspective, they want us right. to see all this. But um, right there seems to be a really chronic level of like surveillance and harassment uh, from the settlers toward the Palestinians. Yeah,
3: no, that's kind of been my impression the more I've I've learned of it. But um, sometimes the the pushback you'll receive just in wanting to make the question more complicated is, um, I mean, I kind of get it because if you open an inch, um, you know, this is, I, I kind of understand it to be like a tiger by the tail situation which is if tomorrow you just completely lifted all these restrictions, I would imagine there'd be reprisal, in, yeah. but following very shortly after.
0: Oh, definitely there would. But um,
3: um, as, as, yeah. as to the mindset, I, I was actually, uh, so I always look for political perspectives, um, to, to, like for honest ones where you're not, quote unquote, supposed to look for them. Um, so I thought this would be an interesting thing to share with you, because I, I, I thought it was funny and, and ghoulish at the same time. Um, yeah. there's a, uh, there's this, a book called the blood is the life about, a, a Jewish, like a, a orthodox Jewish vampire. Who has <laughs> what, to wait, like what's a, it called? The blood is the life. The blood is the one life, of the funniest okay. things. It's it, one of the most un- unintentionally funny things I've ever read. So, um, he has to get like a, uh, what do you call it? A rabbinical decree that he's not breaking, um, the kosher by drinking blood. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I know. Um, and then he learns, like, uh, super vampire Krav Maga and he becomes part of the, the Israeli CIA. I think this. Uh, I think this book
0: could solve the conflict based on what you're telling uh, me. Really,
3: really it could. But like, then he would just go around killing
0: people for, like with no <laughs> with no
3: oversight. And then he goes, well, like, yeah, but I feel bad about it sometimes, so it's okay. Oh my god!
0: Yeah, that's amazing.
3: Um, yeah. I don't know how how widespread that is, but I I, I certainly think it, it must have spoke something that actually exists. Um, and it, it's 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 horrifying when I take it out of the context of someone's you know Jewish vampire fantasy. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I um, I don't know, man. It's it look, you, you There are obvious security concerns, but there's not security concerns with letting people go to the. Tiny olive grove. They've been yeah, for I mean, a long time. It's just like it, at a certain point, it gets laughable. Um,
3: there has to be some humanity applied to it, and 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 it, it it's got to work itself out over God probably. I mean, it's taken us. I mean, we're still not there with slavery. Um, yeah. I mean, but it's going to be hundreds of years in the undoing before, and someone hasn't even started it. It doesn't seem like.
0: Well, and and, and I, what worries me is. You know, groups like uh, B'Tselem, they will show you the maps of the west of mm. the West Bank, and more and more and more settlements. Every new settlement makes it harder for there to ever be a Palestinian state. It just—it—it—it—it it, it, it yeah. sort of makes the Palestinian. You can't have
3: a country shaped like Swiss cheese.
0: No, it, no, and it's already it's at a point where it's like basically yeah. impossible. So I don't know. It's going to take like a real MLK type figure among the Israelis to like, but and the level of, of, of of like, um, zealotry among some of the settlers is is crazy. They're just, they're, they're, they're crazy. Uh, and it sucks because it's, yeah, it's a tragedy. I'm hoping I'll get like some sort of reason for hope in the next six days, but this is coming on the, you know, right after they elected a pretty far right government. And, uh, Oh, I didn't even say the most fucked up part, which is, um, We went to the tomb, the gravesite of Baruch Goldstein. He's the terrorist who killed the 29 worshipping Muslims and and shot 100 more. There's a subset of Israeli society that reveres him. So his tombstone has in Hebrew that he's just the the best guy ever, a pure soul. Uh, So it's Um, it's just – there's a segment of the society that's really, really sick. And of course there's a segment of the society on the Palestinian side that's equally sick, but it's just – no, uh, like, so here,
3: here's, here's a thought that I don't think people like when they, when they swear themselves to politics, which is, you know, when you, when you're drawing a circle around a bunch of people, which is what political groups really are, as soon as that circle gets big enough, it, it draws into it every single kind of thing that, that people do that's negative. And then they find a way to do it that's negative in the way, uh, or in some sort of, uh, style that matches the, the politics, um. You know, like if you're, uh, you know, a hardcore Republican and you're schizophrenic, you know, that probably pushes you more toward thinking that, you know, you should start a cult and that only you know how God thinks. And if if you're a hardcore like communist, um, you know, and, and then you're schizophrenic, it, it drives you down a whole other attitude. And, and I, I mean, that's true with any group of, like, that's true with any identity. Um, so I, this is always something I keep in mind. Of course, there are you know, Israeli and Palestinian people who want to, you know, commit violence at a huge scale without thought, because that's just a thing that people do. Anyway, that that's a, a, a thought for you to use however you so desire. And I think it hung
0: up. Hey, all right, Neil, let's close it out. This, this was a dysfunctional episode. I actually, um, I got kicked out of the room and I had to come back and I was muted. I just didn't realize I was muted. So that was on me, but finish this up, Neil. Okay. So They're first gonna...
1: I had to respond to Andrew because he said in saying why you shouldn't kill the person is that, is that you would lower yourself to their level. But I just like fundamentally disagree because they attacked someone who they, they don't like is innocent or they think is innocent. Whereas you know that they are bad because they attacked you. So you're already on different levels. So I just fundamentally disagree with that idea. Yeah. But um, no, I actually called in to, to ask about DeSantis or Trump and DeSantis. Do you think the Republicans will finally dump Trump for DeSantis? Are they like tired enough of losing? Or will this just be like after January 6th and when yeah. they like all came out saying things and then like they like slowly crawled back to him? It's so, like, what is your prediction? Uh-
0: I'm literally just regurgitating this from an episode of the daily. I just listened to, but my sense is this election really might mark a bit of a turning point. There's always going to be a subset of like true Trump dead enders. And for a while, you're going to have a bad time if you like badmouth mouth Trump, or if you're not on the Trump train, but like, I think the party bigwigs have to realize what a disappointing result this was. And, and like the extent to which like, Trumpish candidates underperformed because you don't even have to like give up anything ideologically. Ron DeSantis is like pretty far to the right. He's just not, you know, he, he's a, a sidestep certain Trumpy trap. So yeah, if I had to guess, it's looking more and more like DeSantis. Although, you know, if Trump comes roaring back and does a 10 city tour and really reactivates his base, which I think is a base of folks who aren't otherwise politically engaged. You could sort of see him making a comeback. It would be very dumb to count him. Turn him out or, or leave him for dead, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm hoping DeSantis, you know, gets the nomination. But here's the problem with that. If DeSantis does get the nomination, then what if Trump, like, runs as a spoiler? Like, that's not, be- like, beneath him at all. Like, he'd totally do it. So, I don't know. I feel like that's, like, a major issue with the. I
0: mean, that would be as someone who does not want a Republican elected, I would love that. <laughs> I, I think that he would get such a wave of negative feedback from people close to him that he would never run as a spoiler. But I wouldn't put anything past him because he's crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, yep. we'll see.
0: We'll see. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Neil. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for bearing with me. This was, was a weird one. Uh, let's do one more. Daniel, I think Daniel's a first-time caller. Could be wrong. Daniel, unmute yourself. Hey. If you can figure out... There we go. No,
4: you're. Hey. I'm just curious if, if you had any thoughts on the, the news out of Ukraine this week.
0: Uh, basically, <laughs> just every everything going horribly for Russia?
4: Yeah, exactly.
0: Oh, I mean, other than just, you know, being happy about it, I don't have particular news. I, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Even saying like being happy about it, I just, sure. Being happy about it means like a lot of random Russian conscripts died, which I don't want either. But I just, um, this has just been, I don't know. I feel like in the 21st century, we don't get a lot of this form of geopolitics or, or like geopolitical strife where there's like a relatively clear good, by, good guy and bad guy. Um, yeah. And I think it would be good for the world for Russia to be humiliated and weakened. I, I wish nothing but the best for individual Russian people, but I don't I, – they're monstrous. So I'm, I'm happy yep. with what's happening.
4: Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's really interesting. I, You know, there was some speculation that the, the final call for withdrawal was made after it looked like uh, Republicans had a really bad day. Like I think that's probably – a bridge too far, and obviously that wouldn't be the only factor. But I did think the timing was interesting. Um, like, like Putin was kind of holding out and seeing, like, if if Republic like, obviously it's already a fundamental misunderstanding of American politics. But
3: right. like, yeah,
4: he was holding out for Republicans to come in, and they were, you know, he was seeing them as as uh, surprisingly being like less hawkish and in the overall conflict.
0: Yeah. Uh, Things. Yeah, so. I don't know. It- it's been very encouraging. Things rarely work out this neatly, but Putin deserves to be seen as like a scar on Russia and someone who really did harm to Russia. But I guess we'll see.
4: Yeah, it, you know, unfortunately, it's 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 there's no good options because his inner circle there's many people that are a lot more hawkish than he is. So if if he was somehow to fall out of power, it doesn't necessarily mean.
0: No, it wouldn't uh, necessarily be better. No, it's right,
4: uh, yeah. Yeah. but. But I, I totally agree. And, uh, yeah, it's it's just been incredible to see the footage coming out of Harrison and
0: uh, Yeah, I'm looking at a tweet of uh, Grandma stole some ammunition from Russians and gave it to Ukrainian soldiers who liberated her village in Kyrgyzstan region. <laughs> On this video, she says, beat that cat caps. Cat caps is apparently a slur for Russians in Ukrainian. <laughs> so, I'm learning new slurs. what else yeah. else I you <laughs> Yeah.
4: Uh, yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, just uh, again, I know you're trying to wrap up, so I appreciate you taking the the last call.
0: No, thank you. No. Yeah, it was an easy, easy answer for me, obvious one. Uh I don't have any yeah. policy knowledge in this area. Thank you for the call. And thank you to everyone else for sticking with me. I uh for with with this strange show. We got some good conversation out of it. I should make it's complicated t-shirts. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Yeah, we've got some new t-shirts coming out. We're relaunching the barpod store actually. Um I have to go get ready for this uh my first dinner with the uh the pro Israel contingent of this tour, which should be interesting. It, it, it will be we're we're gonna meet some interesting people, see some interesting stuff, see what it's like to live under the threat of Gaza and Rockets. So yeah, the last few days have been very rough, but um I'm gonna try to keep an open mind. Thank you everyone for listening. Bye.